Welcome to the Multifamily by the Slice Podcasts with your hosts, Dre Evans and Ike Eke. On this show, you'll gain unique perspectives from investors and professionals on all aspects of the apartment investing space. Do you want to achieve legacy wealth and live a life of financial freedom? Well, all it takes is that first slice of wisdom to get you started on the journey to building your empire. Please subscribe to the show, leave a five-star review, and pass it along to a friend that can benefit from a slice of multifamily knowledge. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Multifamily by the Slice. Today, we had Ramsey Blankenship on the show. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're one of those people that likes to listen to a podcast on a 1.5 or two times speed, this is not the one to do it on. This one you want to listen to on a one point speed and make sure you listen to each and every word because he drops so many gems. I honestly think it's probably one of our better shows that we've had so far, especially in the legacy round, as well as the year done around, because the slice of wisdom that he chose to give to the audience, it's probably the best one I've heard. And we've had some good guests on the show, but that slice of wisdom, I repeated it to him. I wrote it down and I'm going to write it down again, just so I make sure I remember it because it was a big one. So listen to that. But otherwise, we talked about networking. We talked about adding value to others while you're networking. So you're not just coming out with your, with your hand out, looking for information and looking for tips. Great guests, incredible guests. And I'm excited for you guys to hear the show. What do you think, Dre? Yeah, man, we always enjoy every guest that comes on the show, but there was something about the way that Ramsey's able to deliver and speak things through the mic. Ramsey also has his own real estate, real estate podcast. And I do believe that helps with his delivery. Okay. Again, we've done a lot of great shows. We've had a lot of great, amazing guests, but this has got to be one of my top three for sure. It's just the way he was able to deliver, man. And the cheat codes of mentorship and the cheat codes of networking, just in the tangibles, guys, not in gals, not the surface level, do this, do that. Like he really, he's punching you in the gut on what you got to do. No bullshit. So I, I am excited for my listeners on the show. And I think this will be similar to the other big wig guests that we had where I expect a lot of ratings from this one for sure. Oh yeah. I'd be surprised if we didn't. So without further ado, let's get it. Now a word from our show sponsor. Are you looking to grow your real estate investing business? Fortune Cribs can help. Fortune Cribs helps investors buy short-term rentals and select markets across the country for as little as 10% down with no cash on cash returns in the 20 to 30% range. Fortune Cribs will design, furnish, and manage all the day-to-day operations, making your experience truly hands-off. And it doesn't matter whether you're at in your real estate investing journey, whether you're trying to get your first deal or scale your portfolio, Fortune Cribs can help. So. If you want to take the next step, go to fortunecribs.com and book your free consultation to see how Fortune Cribs can best help you. Once again, that's fortunecribs.com and let them know we sent you. Welcome to the Multi-Family by the Slice podcast. I'm your host, Dre Evans. I've got my co-host, Ike, aka in the house as well. And before we introduce Ramsey, I'm going to check on Ike. How you doing today, bro? 
I'm doing good, my man. I'm doing real good. We got to hang out last night at the local meetup here in San Diego, which was a good time. I think it's growing, by the way. There's a lot of people there. So that was good. I just, you know, met with a friend who I might partner with on a deal out in VA. So, you know, things are cooking. Things are cooking. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. It, w- it was a great event, like you said. It was great to connect with even new operators that I think that might come on the show or that we might, might partner with. The only thing was I kind of had a sad moment at the event. Ike and I were talking to this group and there's this one particular investor that was really talking to Ike about investing in San Diego. And he really killed me because, listen, y'all, Ike knows that I love the San Diego market and that I invest here. And for whatever reason, I didn't have the charm that this investor had. And I mean, they were just juicing it up. And Ike is like, yeah, I'm going to start looking at San Diego. Da, 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 da. And I'm looking at him I'm like, really, bro? So aside from that. In my defense, I would never, ever consider doing a, a San Diego deal without my main man sitting right here. So you already know, you already know what it is. You already know what it is. I appreciate it. I was just giving you a hard time, bro. But it was a fun moment. It was a great event to sit there and laugh about it. And and they were pretty savvy. The This particular investor was a part of the Fortune Builders Mastermind, as well as the Grant Cardone 10X Mastermind group. So they came with a lot of their knowledge. And I think that initially was what impressed Ike and myself was just the way they approached the conversation. You know, Ike and I go into a lot of these mastermind groups or a lot of these uh, real estate networking events. And whether they're trying to get started or even if they have something on their belt, it usually it's like a lot of people looking for a handout. And this particular investor really came with the ammunition. Ike was had a calculator in his head, was crunching numbers and spinning them out and just able to answer everything. So kudos to that investor. I'm not going to disclose who they are for their privacy, but that's that. So I, why don't you just let me stop babbling. Why don't you get into the introduce our guest, please? Usually I would. Usually I'd be the one to introduce the guest and uh, give a little bit about their background and, and then throw it to them. But you guys are in for a treat. I know Ramsey's going to introduce himself better than anybody in the world can. So Ramsey, the floor is yours, my friend. Hey, what's up, guys? Happy to be on the show. Yeah, Ramsey Blankenship. I grew up in Lake Charles, Louisiana. I've been in the Navy for 16 years. I'm a explosive ordnance disposal guy. And I've been planning my exit plan for 16 years ever since I joined the Navy, brother. So as soon as I started joining, I met a couple of guys that were retired and they immediately started working for the government. <laughs> and I was like, dang, man, that's what retirement from the Navy looks like is going to get another job for 20 years. And I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. So I started looking at different ways to bring in some passive income. And I really never got a good any traction on it until I sold my house in San Diego. And in San Diego, I mean, as you guys know, this market is expensive. And all I had to do was live in that house for three years. And when I sold it, I was 23 years old and put 40 grand in my pocket. And at the time, dude, I had never seen $40,000 in my entire life. Dude. Like <laughs> I got a public school education for Louisiana, brother. Like I didn't come from a lot of money. I didn't think I'd ever make any money. And here I was 23 years old and had 40 grand in my pocket. So I moved down to Florida. And Florida, the Panhandle, Florida, that market's way different, dude. I bought my first duplex for 40,000 bucks. So I, the Annie or the entry fee was way lower down in uh, the South. I started learning how to invest in the South. I started with a house hack, had two little cottages on the back, completely paid for my mortgage. Then I went and got a duplex, leveled up to an apartment complex. And then I ran out of money, really. All my money was deployed. So I started partnering with people. And now today we're doing syndications of 100 unit apartment complexes and hotels to include RV parks as well. So that's 
that's the the brief synopsis of how I got to where I am today, brother. I love it. I love the story too. And and going from your own house that you lived in for a few years and then getting that first, you know, chunk of change in your pocket, really, it really changed your perspective in life. And I want to kind of drill down on that piece of your story, if you don't mind. What, what, what was the mindset that led you toward taking that money and going in and immediately investing it in more real estate when 95% of the people will probably put it in the bank, maybe throw it in a few stocks, go on a little trip and then start back at square one. What mindset did you have at that time that brought you right back into the game? Bro, let me tell you, I had read the Rich Dad Poor Dads, the Dave Ramsey's, the Law Take Factors. I'd read all the books. When I did my first ship deployment, this is when Amazon was just a bookstore. And I told people <laughs> for my birthday, I wanted investing books. And I started getting them mailed out to the ship. And I was reading up hard, but I wasn't ever really able to take any action or I felt I wasn't because in San Diego, all the books were telling me run the numbers like this. Dude, they weren't working in San Diego. Mm-hmm. But really the mindset shift, man, because I, I was able to use the VA loan and buy my own house. And while I'm living in this house, I'm sitting here trying to, to figure out how to invest. But really Dave Ramsey was telling me, hey, save, live no one else so that you can live like no one else. And I remember coming home from work, like the first and the 15th and dump it. I'd go to the bank, I'd pull out all my cash, I'd give it to my wife. And she would take it and put in all these little envelopes. And this is what Dave Ramsey tells you, you put in these envelopes, every dollar is accounted for, blah, blah, blah. And at the end, after I'd handed her like maybe $2,000, she handed me three envelopes back. One was for gas, one was for food, one was for entertainment. And the third one for entertainment has $75 in it, dude. And I said, this sucks, <laughs> man. 75 bucks is not enough to entertain Ramsey Blake and shit. Like, this is- <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I won't drive, I won't eat, but I'm going to get entertained, my man. So, um, and I, and whenever we sold the house, we put 40,000 bucks in our pocket. And I'm like, dude, all we did was live in this house. Like, we was going to pay rent or we was going to pay mortgage. And at the end of it, whenever I sold, I put 40 grand in my pocket. I was like, this is mine. Like, this feels illegal that I just got paid <laughs> to live in this. And so now I was like, all right, real estate's the route I want to take. And still, though, to this day, the latte factor, uh, God dang, man, it was uh, don't drink Red Bulls, don't dip, don't go out to the movies, basically take everything you like doing and don't do it. <laughs> I was still doing this because that 40 grand was like, the, this was like 2008, right? The market mm-hmm. it just dipped down. I didn't know what to do. Whenever we finally left San Diego, I went and I bought that house hack. And I remember talking to my wife and I was like, babe, I remember my dad told me if I could ever live in a duplex and rent one side out and live in the other side, that it'd be a good idea because, you know, our mortgage will be uh, t- taken care of by the tenants. Yeah. And she was like, oh, live in a duplex? How about no? How about I'm never going to do that? (laughs) And I was like, why not? And she's like, Ramsey, we're trying to grow a family. We have a kid. We have dogs. I don't want to, I don't want to share a wall with somebody and be able to hear us argue and I have to worry about when the dog barks and stuff like that. And so I didn't hear no, I heard yes, but don't share a wall. And so I went to work, right? And when we went down to Florida, I found a house that had two little cottages on the back detached. And I, I brought my wife to that house. It had a, a bit, three bedroom, two bath house, backyard. It had everything that you wanted. Just had these two little cottages on the back. 
And when I brought her to that house, I said, what do you think about the house? And she's it's a house. We're going to be here for three years. It's fine. I said, okay, you don't mind the neighbors out back? And she's like, we're going to have neighbors. I mean, it's not a big deal. I said, cool. I bought that house. Right. Whenever I closed on it, I said, hey, check it out. The people in the back, those two roofs back there, they belong to us. And she's like, what? I was like, yep, we bought everything. And she goes, <laughs> why did you do that? I said, because each one of those units rent for $650 a month. And our mortgage is 1200 bucks. So we were literally getting paid $100 a month to live in the big house while the two people in the small houses paid for us to live. Not only that, we were getting a bonus or not a bonus, a housing allowance from the Navy. So for making one decision, we went from trying to save, making like saving like 500 bucks a month by scrounging, right? And then not drinking Red Bulls, not dip. I had to quit all my habits, right? And I don't like doing that. $75 of entertainment to now. $1,500 in housing allowance plus $100 a month in one decision. That's game changing money for Absolutely. me. Like, especially when I'm in my young 20s. Now, instead of saving 500 bucks a month, not doing anything I want, I'm making 1,500 bucks a month just to live. I, I got back on the Red Bull. I got back on the dip. I got back on the expensive <laughs> whiskeys right away, dude. I was like, I ain't doing none of that crap no more. Real estate is it. And then from there, it was easy to save. It, but like putting 1500 bucks a month away, I went out and bought my first duplex. And this is where one of my favorite quotes is everything you want in life is just outside your comfort zone. I had started being a landlord right there in my backyard. And I was like, well, now I got to, I can't, I can't put any more tents in the backyard. Let me try and be a landlord across town. So I went and bought a house across town and I was a landlord and it wasn't that bad. So now I've owned a duplex. Let me see if I can buy a commercial property. And I went and bought a seven unit apartment complex, did a burst strategy on it, and then got a little comfortable with that and started investing out of state. And then now uh, I've worked myself up. Every time that I bought something, it's been different, it's been bigger. And now I'm to the point to where I got no problem investing across the country. And maybe one day I'll do it across the world, but I don't know. I, I kind of like the laws of the United States. <laughs> and first of all, that's an amazing story. And, and there's so much, there's so much knowledge to tease out of that one. And I, I guarantee you'll probably spend the rest of the show doing so. So hold on to your, to your seatbelts for that one. But one piece that I want to discuss is the fact that you leveled up from your own home to a duplex, to a house across town. And fast forward to now, you're syndicating large deals and, and doing stuff in, in all parts of, of the state you're in or even other states. And the momentum that you got from just that one transaction, that one transaction where you, I'm not going to say tricked, but tricked your wife into buying a duplex with and building that vehicle for passive income. That's been the trampoline that catapulted to you to where you are today. And to the listening audience out there, you always hear gurus say, you got to go big fast, or you got to start with a hundred units, or you got to start with 30 units or whatever. But honestly, in my opinion, and you guys can disagree with me if you want, but I think that building momentum with smaller stuff or medium-sized stuff, just stacking wins gives you the confidence to take yourself to the next level, to get outside of your comfort zone, uh, to, to, to take a piece of that quote you, you just mentioned, and eventually get to that level where you're doing hundreds of units per deal and you have a huge AUM or portfolio size or, or doors. And so I like the fact that you were able to articulate your story from what I would say were meager beginnings, starting with a smaller house that you sold and used the equity to buy the duplex to where you are now, which is an exponential growth over that time period. 
Yeah, for sure, man. And I will capitalize on something that you said. The gurus are saying like, oh, it takes just as much time to buy a hundred unit apartment complex as it does a, a duplex. They're full of shit. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it like, but there, maybe the actual transactional period is roughly the same, but you are not like, if you've never invested before, you're not buying a hundred unit apartment complex today. You got to go back in time, like three years and start building credibility, start uh, talking to investors, start building a brand, getting a Facebook group going, being on podcasts building some sort of uh, credentials to where the banks will take you seriously. Now you can partner with people and you can bring some sort of asset to that, whether you're good at numbers, good Excel spreadsheet, you've got access to deals, you've got access to capital. You can partner with people for sure. But if you think it's, oh, it's just as easy to buy a duplex as it is a hundred. No, it is not. That is a lie. Don't listen to it. It took me after I was already, I had 22 rental units of my own. It took me 12 months from the day I said, I'm doing syndications to actually closing a deal. And I knew what I was doing. I'd been to the boot camps. I'd been in real estate. I understood the lingo. Nobody cared. <laughs> Nobody cared about all that. It, <laughs> it took 12 months. Yeah. I do the idea of, of starting small and growing bigger. You can compress that timeline and you can take some shortcuts. The biggest shortcut in the world is your network. That is a shortcut to information. That's a shortcut to knowledge. That's a shortcut to deals. So if you can work on your network first, which was what I did not do, I did everything myself and then worried about the network later. And now I'm paying for it because if I would have worked on, I didn't realize that there was a shortcut out there and it's through meeting people and building relationships. You know, that's great points. And let's just dig into that 12 months though, Ramsey. I mean, obviously you already had your, some real estate chops already, like you mentioned, but talk us through that 12 month period. What did you struggle with the most? And what did you learn the most in that period until you were finally able to syndicate your first deal? So if we're transitioning to talking about syndications now, right? So one of the biggest mistakes I made when I started was I thought that it was going to be me and my team of three other guys who had never done a syndication going to take it all down by ourselves. Because really you, you do need, uh, you need somebody who can find deals, need somebody who can underwrite them to confirm that the numbers are good and it's going to be a good investment. You need somebody who can raise some capital. And usually everybody raises capital. You got one person who's going to be kind of like focus of it. You, but the part that I did not know is that you need a key principal, which is somebody who can qualify for the loan. They have the net worth equal to the down payment. All right. And you also need a sponsor, somebody who's done it before and has gone full cycle on a property. Now you can do some smaller properties. You can do probably 20, 30 unit properties. If you've been doing smaller multifamily before on your first syndication and the, the banks may lend to you, but if you're going for hundred units, the banks want to see somebody who's gone full cycle. Those were the, the key people that I did not have. So what we started doing was we started with the basics, building up our brand, building up our investor base. And the question always comes down to what comes first, the deals or the dollars, right? Do, you, do I go raise capital for a deal that I don't have? Or do I go find a deal that I don't have capital to buy? Again, my answer is relationships. It starts with relationships. You go find people who have deals. You go find people who can raise money. You figure out where to plug your skill sets into it and you get a seat at the table. And now I will say that what we did was we hired a coach, right? We hired, we hired a guy, took us through six months of training. And really what I learned from that coach was that we knew everything we needed to know. We had built out the Ferrari. 
We just didn't know how to drive it or we didn't know where we were going. Every time he had a question on what's your buy box, what's your buying criteria, what markets are you looking into? How do you analyze the market? We knew what we were doing. We just didn't know we knew what we were doing. And that coach, an experienced person said, look, you guys are on the right track. This is the right thing. It does take time. Keep pushing in this direction. We knew all of the ingredients. We just weren't cooking yet. And the deal was. We paid him X amount of dollars and we, we would close on a deal within six months. And I'll be damned if we didn't close on a deal about the sixth month of that training. But the first six months we spent just spinning our wheels, not making any real traction. And I do believe in the power of hiring a coach because you're essentially, what, like I said earlier, you're, it's the shortcut. It's the, the cheat code to be able to get, it's going to cost you money, but it's worth its weight in gold if you actually get the, the goal accomplished. So. That's what that 12 months looked like for us, pretty much letting everybody in our network know what we were doing. That was step one really is, hey, we are, we're now syndicators and we buy large multifamily apartment complexes. Anybody wanting to sell one, anybody wanting to invest in one, just little fillers like that. And you would be surprised at the people in your life that you haven't talked to probably in 15 years that come out of the woodworks. And they're like, hey, I didn't know you was in real estate. Hey, I want to get into real estate. Like it has brought so many relationships back into my life because everybody's interested in investing in real estate in some capacity. Everybody's familiar with it. You live in a home, right? So you kind of understand the concept of paying for something that's valuable. So it brought a lot of people back into our network who were willing to invest in us because trust was already established. And after about 12 months, we were able to close on our first 119 unit apartment complex in Lubbock, Texas. And again, we were partnered with another group who already knew what they were doing. So we just brought a couple skill sets and some capital and there we go. We're off to the races. I love that. It's just like what people talk about, even if you compare it to Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant, even great people like that, that are star athletes, they still had a coach to walk oh. them through and guide them and mold them. And, and Ike and I were actually talking about this uh, recently. I won't disclose his name, but I myself am in the process of uh, partnering with a, a gentleman that I have followed and watched who has quite a, a huge portfolio. He has been on our podcast. I've been on his podcast. And so I am in the process of hiring him. And obviously because we've built that, and that also goes with the power of networks, right? If you are able to craft those relationships and some of the coaches are more selective about who they work with, I'm fortunate enough that I am you know, going to be able to work with him to help direct me and steer me. And so I'm excited about that process, similar to what you were saying, because then here's someone I can go to and ask those pointed and those difficult questions and work smart. It's not always about being in the trenches, but if you can work smart and not harder and leverage that knowledge uh, to move forward. Absolutely, dude. I called one of my mentors today. And this is why I call people like this, right? I'm in a deal where we're under contract for an RV park and things are starting to go south and there's some EPA violations in there. And I called him and give him this long story about like how this is a good deal, but I'm trying to make it work, trying to look for this creative lending and all this stuff. And he answered my question. I mean, it was a 10 minute phone conversation. He answered my question by just saying this. He goes, the pain of a major or so what was it? The pain of a major problem will always outlast the sweetness of a good price. And I was like, that's all I need to hear, bro. It took him 10 seconds to answer my 10 minute question. Right. And I was like, cool, I got it moving out. So you can't just find that information. You can't find that wisdom on the streets, right? You got to know who to go to ask the questions when you have those questions. And if you don't already have that network built, like he answered my call, he answered my call. 
and it's hard to get on the phone with people who are worth that kind of money. But yeah, man, I'm glad I got a hold to him. <laughs> so I'm a big proponent of mentorship. Clearly you are, Dre is as well. But I, I have a question for you on mentorship. And the question is, when should somebody seek a mentor? Because like you just expressed with the anecdote about the person you called just minutes ago, you had a specific question to ask. You had a reason to call them. You had something that he could actually help you with. But a lot of times I hear about people wanting to get into mentorship, wanting to hire a coach, but not necessarily knowing exactly what they want to do with the knowledge that they get from that coach. So my question to you is this. When is the right time for somebody to seek out a coach or a mentor? And at what level should you be before you seek out that sort of guidance? Uh, shit. Day one, you need a mentor. You said it yourself. You, you reach out to a mentor and you don't know what to do. Well, that is in itself a reason you need a mentor. And I have all kinds of mentors. My dad's a mentor of mine, just a life mentor. I got mentors in the military. I'm a master chief now. I still have mentors in the military. I got mentor, like my wife's my mentor. So I've got different mentors cut out of my life that I go to not. And if you're going to a mentor as somebody who, you know, is going to tell you what you want to hear, that's not a mentor, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that's just somebody who's going to give you false harmony. Just you buddy. need somebody who, when you call, you can trust they're going to give you the answers, at least to set you up for your best version of success. So if you don't, if you don't have direction, find a coach, if you need quick answers, have a consultant. If you need somebody to kind of, to walk you through something, or, or I would say if you want somebody to handhold you, you need a coach. If you want somebody to, to be a sounding board, you need a mentor, right? So I, how much is, how much is the cheat code worth to you? How much is it having to go through the, the price you pay to get a mentor, uh, that's going to save you on the back end, right? By not making the mistakes that they've already been through. Is, is the best way to put that. I, I, I love that distinction. Yes. In fact, I almost want you to repeat it, but I'll repeat it for you. So you don't have to sound like a parrot. If you need somebody to hold your hand, you need a coach, but if you need somebody that's a sounding board, you need a mentor. I love that. In fact, I'm actually, if you want to, if you want to take that further, I, I love the Chico part. You remember we used to play the video games, you unlock characters and levels. A mentor is basically like having a Chico to, to real estate. But what I also love that you said, Ramsey, man, you said your wife was a mentor. That was beautiful, man. man. That was, you should play that for her. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna let her listen to this podcast. A, a, a lot of people will say that their wife's a tour mentor. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, dude. That's good. <laughs> yeah. That's right, man. Yeah. That's good. And now a word from our show sponsor. Let me let you in on the best kept secret when it comes to investing in single or multifamily flips. Hire an interior designer. Now stay with me. We're not talking about curtains and throw pillows here. We're talking about elevating your design, reconfiguring your floor plans, and developing functional spaces, all to maximize your ROI. Melanie Renee Designs has over 12 years of experience designing in the San Diego real estate market and is ready to help you increase your profits on flips, buy and holds or short-term vacation rentals. Reach out to Melanie herself at melreneh at gmail.com. That's M-E-L-R-E-N-E-H at gmail.com. And make sure to tell her that we sent you. All right, let's move on to the, the second part of the show, the legacy round. So it's an open forum 
on your favorite acquisition that forever changed the trajectory of your business, practical tips on how to grow your portfolio, or how to build your investor network. All right. So it's my favorite deal to talk about raising capital or growing my network. Is that's the three different questions? Yes. Favorite acquisition or like favorite deal, how to grow a portfolio, how to build your investor network. All right. So I'll talk about building your network because that's what I'm doing right now. And what I will say, it's a mistake if you ain't doing it right now. If you want to get into investing, you need to start by telling people. You got to tell everybody. Like I was at the gym today and had no reason to be talking about real estate in the gym, but I found a way, right? Sitting there working out next to a guy. Oh, what you doing this afternoon? I got a podcast I'm going on. I knew the next question. Podcast for what? I'm doing about real estate. Next thing you know, I'm sharing this dude my podcast. You know what I mean? I'm sending my number. If you ever want to get into real estate, let me know. Every single person I come into interaction with, they know that Ramsey, they probably going to get sick of me talking about real estate because it's what I love to do. Before, when I first got started, I kept it really close to my heart. I, I really did have this, this mindset that if the military caught wind of me like investing heavily into real estate, that they would somehow think, and I say they would somehow think that it wasn't, that the, my duty wasn't my priority. My duty's always been my priority, but my priority is also when I get out of the military, not having to work for anybody like the military again, right? So you got to set that up. So when I really started building my network, here's what I recommend. I, and this is kind of my go-to, my MO, if you will. I like to bring people to me. I don't like to chase people. I don't like to chase money. I don't like to chase anything, right? Except for my wife around the house, right? <laughs> <laughs> but if you set it up to where you're a magnet, yeah. right, then you will attract people. And what I mean by that is, how like, I started my podcast just so that I could get important people to want to talk to me, give them a reason to come to me. Because I remember the first phone call I tried to make to kind of a, a guy who's more of a guru in the game. And I said, Hey, you mind if I give you a call? He said, sure. I talked to him for about 10 minutes and he's like, Hey, I got another call coming out to call you back. Never call me back. And I was like, what, why would this guy want to talk to me? All I was doing, I had my pen and paper. I was just asking him question after question. Right. And I wanted to talk to people and say, I got all these questions, man. Uh, can you answer them for me? I was being a leech. I wasn't providing any value to that person. I was just robbing them of their time. And now that I'm further along in the game, people come to me asking me questions all the time. And I'll answer them to a point to that. that so I'm like, all right, man, you, I, I can't just give you all my dang time. <laughs> but on a podcast, right? The reason I started mine was, hey, I could tell this guy, how about I do something for you? How about you answer these questions for me on my platform and I'll share it to the world and help grow your brand. Now, everybody picks up the phone whenever I call them and say, we want to do a podcast. So it's, a, it's just one way of bringing them to you. Whenever it, it comes down to raising capital, nobody wants to be sold on something. They want to be shown something, right? So I don't chase people. I don't go yell, you need to do real estate. I just show them what I'm doing and it attracts them to me. Right. Speaking at y'all's y'all's meetup event. Whenever after I speak, after that, people want to come and learn what I have to say or chat with me and network with me. Yeah. I didn't have to go around and ask people what they could do for me. No, just showed them. And then they came to me. So really, I I, I do believe growing your network, one, you got to add value to people's life. Find a way to get for them to have a reason to chat with you and do something for them. And then that comes around full cycle. The mentor that I called the other day, he was, I was on his podcast. He was on mine. 
a relationship is there. Trust is built. Now I've got a phone. Uh, I've got a, a multi-million dollar investor on the other line who's gone through what I'm going through, who can answer my questions in less than 10 seconds. That is a invaluable asset. And I brought him to me because I started a podcast, right? So that would be what I say. Tell everybody what you're doing and find a way to bring them to you. Don't chase them around. All right. I don't know about you, Ike, but I don't think I can add to that. I think we could just go to the next round. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Let's do it. Keep Great dropping nuggets. gems. Great nuggets, Ramsey. The Giordano round, probably my favorite round. Eat this piece <laughs> of Chicago. Giordano's is the number one. You get these thick, fat, meaty slices. You get mouthful, waterful of every one. So it's a series of questions between Ike and I that you're going to answer in a rapid fire question. The first one, you're on the top of the highest mountain in the world. These are your last words you can shout out to everyone before you die. What will you shout out to the world and want them to remember you by? I want to go the, the William Wallace route and say freedom. But if there was just a quick word that I could shout out is just respect your time. Respect your own time. Because if you, it is very easy to give your time to everybody else, but forget to spend the time doing the things that you love doing. And at the end of it, what are, you, what are we doing this all for if we can't buy back our own time and use our time doing the things we love to do? I love that. I love that. All right. Number two. If there is one slice of wisdom you wish you knew when you got started or advice you could pass on to others, what would it be? All right. If you change the way you think, you change your thoughts, you change your actions. You change your actions, you change your results. You change your results, you change your life, right? If that would have been told to me like mindset, you got to start with mindset. And I know it feels really fluffy talking about mindset. But if you just jump into something and don't have the right mindset, you're just going to get burnt out. You don't know why you're doing it, right? You don't have you don't have the level of go get it in you. You're just going through the motions. So I really do think get yourself in the right mindset, get an action taken mindset. And if you change the way that you think, you would change what you do. And if you change what you do, you change the results. And if you change the results, you have a different life at the end of that. Jeez, Jesus, all right. Oh, motivator. I like that one. <laughs> All right. I like that one. Let me run through a wall. A little gorilla thing going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get that. All right. Vocab. What are your favorite or three most critical real estate terms multifamily investors should know and why? I'll put all three words in one sentence economy of scale. So if you're looking at multifamily, Right. Or even if you're looking at single family and you think about what it is that you're doing, you're basically buying, you're, you're putting all the time into one unit, buying one unit, getting one tenant. Everything's on a scale of one. Right. So you got one yard to mow, you got one roof to replace, one hot water heater. Multifamily for me, the only reason to invest in multifamily is economy of scale. Whenever, if you've got to go out and buy 10 different houses, right, 10 different closings, 10 different lawns to maintain, 10 different streets, whatever it may be, versus having a 10-unit apartment complex where it, you've got one mortgage, one roof, one yard, one pest control service, all of that, one maintenance uh, team, all in one place. Well, just imagine what the possibilities as you go up, because single family stays one family. Multifamily can go from two units all the way to 600. So if you get good at multifamily, it, it, things just get bigger and bigger. And that scale compresses even further and further. 
And if you think about it, like, why do you see hotels like the hotel industry? Why do you see the big brands, Marriott's, Holiday Inn, stuff like that? Why do you think they never have less than 80 rooms, right? It's not by accident. It's because economy of scale. They've got to have somebody at the front desk, regardless of how many rooms are in the place. They got to have a cleaning team. They got to have a maintenance team. They've got to have a hot water heater. They got to have all these things. Well, that less than 80 units doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, you've seen them all the way up to two and 300 units. The average is about 100 to 120, but that's not by accident. It's because the economy of scale that you can find and having multiple units pushed together, it's real. And that's how you can, that's how you can really compress your expenses and have a good business. All right, Ramsey, we're going to bring it on home now. Last question. Education is critical in this business. What books, apps, or mastermind groups would you recommend listeners immerse themselves in? All right. So as far as books go, my favorite book out there is The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papazan. And it's more of a goal setting book. And it teaches you how, if you, you have a goal 10 years down the road, how to break that up into to eatable chunks of meat, starting with what's the one thing you need to do today to get it done. So I, I highly recommend The One Thing. I've got it like tabulated and in my desk. And I review it before I go do my morning routine. I'll review it and I'll go through my long-term goals and short-term goals. So that's a huge one. As far as masterminds, look, baby, I got something good for y'all. Uh, go. Good. I teed you up for that one. Yeah, it's me, bro. Hey, first of all, I hate the word mastermind. I just, I don't like the word mastermind. But if you're looking for a very good Facebook group, I mean the best Facebook group, West Mississippi. All right. There you go. Go on to Facebook. And type in from middle class to millionaire. That's our Facebook group. We've, we op- launched about two months ago, got uh, 2,200 something people in it right now. And it's growing very fast. We put a lot of content out there. It's, there's three guys in it and, and we post every day. We are there to answer questions. We've invited a, a lot of high level people and, and they answer questions as well. And the goal is to help people who are in middle class get out of the middle class. And that's one of the first questions I ask to everybody I talk to is what are you doing to get your ass out of the middle class? Right. And if the answer is nothing, hey, join my group and let's get it going, baby. Ramsey, it was. A pleasure to have you on the show, bro. For my listeners out there, I'm Dre Evans, host of the Multi Family by the Slice podcast. You got my other host, Ike AK. It was a pleasure having you all listen again. Check us out, www.multifamilybottaslice.com. Leave a five star review. We greatly appreciate it. Pass the podcast along to friends or family or those that you think could benefit from it. And also check out their free resource on the website, Ike and I have posted. Red fast checklist, red flag checklist limited partners should look at when investing in apartment deal. All right. So appreciate you all again. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the multifamily by the slice podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Lastly, check out the show notes for links to topics discussed, as well as website and social media links for Dre, Ike, and our guest. See you next week.